Hey there, this is Ed Tannant, and you're listening to Rata Control. Uh, I thought I'd try a more upbeat intro <laughs> this week, because I realise how mopey I sound during these intros. Um, this week's episode is with Hunter, uh, also known as Jamie Willits, and I recorded this back in October, October 23rd, 2017. So, again, catching up with myself, but from two weeks today you'll be getting kind of fresh episodes um we'll get to that then i guess i had really enjoyed uh talking to jamie about his music and kind of the way he progressed how he started how he kind of evolved his sound and a bit about his current music and the future of his music so pretty comprehensive we also recorded a version of his song in the dark which you'll be able to hear after the interview and also you can watch a video of that that we filmed via the Errata Control Facebook or on YouTube. So check that out. And yeah, here's my conversation with Jamie, a.k.a. Hunter. I'm trying to remember the first time I'd heard of you, because that's always a good place to yeah. start. Um, oh, I think... I don't know, I don't know. I know you. there was one time when I was working at clubs that I heard you. Right. And I don't know, I don't think I was in the room. I think it was kind of a case of hearing oh, okay. the floorboards. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is something that happens quite often. Yeah. When you're working in, in venues because you, you're working somewhere else. And yeah. Kind of Most, yeah. Yeah. And then you go, oh, that sounds interesting. I wish I could go watch that, but unfortunately I'm working. So, um, <laughs> and I don't know. I think, I think I must have heard your tracks and really liked them and kind of followed you after that. And then there was a time you were supposed to play, I think you were supposed to play Hub last year. And it didn't end up happening because I, I had to. I put you on a list yeah. of like the ones to watch, and then right. you were like, oh, I'm not doing it now. Like, oh. oh yeah, yeah. So I can't remember why. That's fine. It's all right. Uh, but yeah, these things happen, especially with like things like Hub, because it's so kind of yeah. I feel like it was the same same day as something else. Mm. Something happened, and there was like a yeah. It's a busy weekend that kind of yeah. day weekend. But then I, I managed to see you this year. I think I think that's the first time I've seen you live, which is really. Mm. bad of me but then i don't know <laughs> it's like how many shows you're doing and stuff so mm. like um but yeah that was really kind of it was a really it's a really cool venue that blue honey cafe just like nobody knew where it was yeah <laughs> i struggled to find it for ages <laughs> you were playing it. yeah because it was like it's a weird like you find the venue and then mm. you go in and then it's at the back and then it's up the stairs yeah. and then around another bit. I had to really look hard to find yeah. out where everyone was like where it was and so i wasn't really surprised that it was a a, a small crowd mm-hmm. but it was like it's i'm i'm glad you still played like yeah it was, yeah and uh yeah it's kind of yeah it's good that's that's what you should do mm-hmm. um so like your like your live setup is just you but you have occasionally played you do occasionally play with other people yeah i normally i normally played with my producer the guy i record with lee house and okay. and he had like this um like massive setup, this like big frame that had like loads of synths on, a drum pad on the end. Like did all these vocal effects live, and it was awesome. But yeah. like it just, I I started off because when I started off, I put my f- first track out and then got offered a gig. Say a couple of weeks after, and I was a bit like, oh, now I need to make this. Yeah, I need to somehow make this happen. And c- recording with him, like he has a much better idea of all the tech stuff. So he was like, I'll. I help you out, and I know we can make mm. this work, and that's how it all started. But now it's a more like much more compact version of mm-hmm. that is what is now. It's weird as a as a solo artist like for you because 
you're not a solo artist just standing there with a guitar. You've got mm. all this kind of backing stuff yeah. that you need to have because that's the that's the music. Yeah. You can't really like strip that down. Mm. So yeah, to kind of have someone there, but playing all of that stuff as well, like mm. it's kind of also really complicated. Yeah. So I think now you just have well, I d- I, d- I couldn't actually I didn't actually see what it was, but it was an iP- iPad or is it? Yeah. So every um or pretty much all the backing stuff is um played off my Mac. And then I have like this little um, uh, voice live touch, like vocal oh, right. processor yeah. thing. So I, it, I do some of the like the effects that That's cool. go through so the there song. Is, yeah, so it's not literally just you character. Yeah, it, okay, yeah, great. exactly. That's fine. That's and that's like that's good because it kind of adds adds an element there. Yeah, you're not yeah. Just singing to a backing track and yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, because karaoke. Yeah, and that, and I think that's important not just for people who are like a bit cynical about it. It's important for you because it makes mm. you like feel like. It's not just you standing there with a with a backing track. On. Yeah. So if you listen to podcasts, you know um, it's good to kind of like lay a, a, a baseline for mm-hmm. like your, uh, how you got into music and stuff. So so you go all the way back and go, what's the first thing you remember related to music? Like uh, from a very young age. I think the first like music thing I remember is probably like watching like big music videos. Mm. Like I vividly remember my mother calling me and my sister into the living room. And telling us to watch this video, and it was Michael Jackson Thriller. All right, and, like that's probably like the first music video How I remember. How old were you then? I have no idea. I'd have was, to like. But didn't you? Did you find it scary? I don't think so. I think I was just more like focused on like the dancing and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, wow, yeah, this is yeah, sick. Yeah. Rather than like uh, zombies and stuff. Yeah. I guess it's not. I don't know how old you'd have to be to find that scary because yeah. like, I saw that when I was like nine or ten when mm. I saw Thriller, and so you kind of it's not scary, it's not really scary, but it's like. But yeah, there's a there's an element of that. But yeah, that is the kind of video you go. Oh wow! I think when it comes to a lot of uh, musicians who do the kind of music you do, Michael Jackson is that mm. big influence. Do you think that's kind of that's true for you, or? I wouldn't say like I had say an influence from like a young age, and that's directly linked mm. to what this is now because my music's kind of gone on a weird little road anyway so i, I don't know i i yeah like i guess you'd kind of kind of like acknowledge that all those things were there mm-hmm. and i've just maybe like later arrived there now I yeah suppose. yeah okay it's, so it wasn't such like a it wasn't such a, a thing direct of, uh, going i like i like this because it's michael jackson i'm gonna do it. yeah yeah enough. but that kind of that kind of feeling of seeing the visual side of music mm. and the dancing and stuff um rather than just listening to the music itself it's can be have quite an impact rather than just like sitting there listening to something because a lot of um mm. when i interview people a lot of people say oh it was the music my parents played yeah but seeing something for the first time i think is quite yeah it has like quite an impact yeah um so do you think that was kind of do you think that kind of continued like did you like watching music videos like that when you were growing up and I think my my mother always used to watch the music channels as well. Yeah. Like whether it was, like she she'd sometimes just sit there and just watch it. Yeah. Even even though like I suppose it's the same cycle of yeah, music yeah. videos, but I feel like what one of the many music channels was kind of like always on at some yeah. point in the day. So there was there was constantly that. I guess that's kind of how I absorbed music rather than like radio. Mm. it was visual interesting. yeah interesting instead of putting putting records on you like actually watched those yeah videos. there's that generation that grew up with music videos that i don't think mm. there will be now anymore because you've kind of because that was a lot of 
your access to music was through music videos. Like you just turn on TV and there's music there. Yeah. Um, whereas like before it's radio and now it's streaming stuff. Yeah. Or like YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think you can put YouTube on in the background and like listen to it or something. Yeah. But when you're when you were kind of that that age and it's like you can yeah you're right you can sit down and watch mm. music TV because the video is really interesting. You watch it now it's like it, it's like you can't differentiate between music videos and the adverts. Sometimes. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> the amount of beats by Trey sponsorships and so on. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, I, th- I was really into, I, I love music videos and like, one of my many uh, things that I wanted to do when I was growing up was be a music video director. Yeah. And it's kind of actually come true a little bit, which yeah. is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, like that, that's especially kind of has a big influence on you when, when it's like when you don't know much about music i think mm. at a young age for me the the whole michael jackson thing was i was really into the way he danced yeah were you ever into like dancing or me and my sister probably started dancing when we were like eight nine okay and i've kind of like always danced since which is isn't that like a surprise of like where my music's at mm. now in that kind of like up te- the like up tempo kind of stuff the stuff that has a beat the stuff that you would dance to mm. i feel like dancing in music videos is making a Come, come back. back yeah yeah which i think is sick maybe i just haven't watched enough music videos mm. uh well I, I don't know i guess maybe not so much in like a big group choreographed rising from the grave michael jackson thriller yeah, kind of yeah, way yeah, yeah, yeah. but i think a big part of it started with like sia chandelier it's true and more yeah. that way and then years and years did king in this in a similar kind of like mm. contemporary yeah and more like yeah I, I know what you mean like um Oh, and it's interesting as well because that kind of dance isn't the kind of typical. It's not like the Michael Jackson dance. Yeah, it's like, at all. It's more. Yeah, it's much more closer to what true dance is. Yeah, yeah. Like true contemporary dance is, and like another one I was thinking. There's another thing I was thinking of was. Um, do you see Lord performing at the VMAs? Yeah. So that's when quite. She didn't sing. She didn't yeah. sing because I think she had like a bad voice or something. So yeah. They just did a. They just danced. Yeah. And that was like. That's kind of. That was. A, I was like, how. Because I, I remember I watched um, the Logic performance and the Kendrick Lamar performance, and I watched the Lord one. I was like, oh, okay, so she's just she's just throwing all pretense out of the water and just not singing at yeah, all. Yeah, at and all. Like, and it, that was really cool. Yeah, and you're right. Like that kind of incorporate. I wrote about um, the Elastic Heart video. It's yeah, it's like another one that she's mm. she's done, and she's kind of seer and. Yeah, so you're right, I guess, in, in a sense that dance is making a comeback in these videos because it's weird about music videos. Do you think? Because there used to be such huge budgets for music videos mm. because of the record industry. Like, you talk about Michael Jackson, and Michael Jackson, like, supposedly recorded the most expensive music video of all time. Yeah. But you wouldn't get that anymore. You wouldn't get people spending £20 million on a music video. I don't know. I don't know how much, like, Taylor Swift's was. But yeah, I suppose it's not going to be anywhere n- no. near. I guess, yeah, you think of Bad Blood, maybe that would. But, like, Shake yeah. It Off must have. No, exactly. It's like you don't have to create, and, and it's like I'm just thinking of like iconic, iconic in inverted quotes, uh, music videos. Like, and that that shake it off is so visually similar to like Robin Thicke's video. Mm. It's literally white wall people, yeah. and like they can just you can just get away with that now because yeah. people don't. I don't know if people watch have you know it's about attention spans and all this millennial bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Oh yeah, in- interestingly, like I think I've talked uh, to this uh, a couple of episodes ago. I did an interview with this band called Aronson, who are, like instrumental music, and mm-hmm. I talked to them about like that kind of soundtracking. Yeah, like with instrumental music, you kind of associate it with visuals. Have you ever? Have you? You haven't done a music video, have you? No. No. Have you thought about them though? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. Like, I don't 
when I do one, I want it to, it'll, it'll be what I want it, what I've kind of always wanted it to be. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely, it is conscious in my mind when writing slash like, or like when, when I'm writing something, I can already see like what, or like I, I see alongside whilst writing it. So whether it be like, I kind of get the, the feel of it and I see the, how like the artwork is going to look and then I'll like translate into video then in my head a little that's bit. Cool. So even whilst you're writing it, you're already looking at the visual element of it. Yeah. So that's, that can, so that's got a quite a big impact on, do, do you ever go, do you ever write in something and go, oh, that doesn't sound right because it doesn't fit the visuals? Maybe not necessarily that. I think it's more, I think if I get, I'll get ex- excited by a song I'm writing. If one, like it's, it's just going really quickly or like, I feel like it's kind of writing itself and like the visual stuff will go alongside it. It's never one without the other. It's kind of, they're both there and I've got ideas for both or neither. Mm. So they, they always come, they either, they're either there with both the elements or they're just not at all. That's cool. Um, And so kind of the, so growing up kind of watching music videos and stuff, did you ever, so... Well, the next question I ask is, um, do you remember the first record you kind of chose to have? So rather than um, it being the first record you bought or the first record you like listened to, it's the first one you wanted, like that you kind of went went and got your parents to buy or like bought yourself or whatever. Um, and it don't worry, you're smiling like it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> but I've had some amazing answers that are both incredibly embarrassing and incredibly amazing at the same time. The first thing I asked... Well, me and my me and my sister asked my mother to buy, or just said we really liked it, and she bought it. Yeah, which I don't even understand. Like, I don't can I don't think you can even like buy like physical copies of singles anymore. No, like slash I don't really remember that being a thing. But what was that? I can't remember the band, the song Baby Cakes. Oh, oh God, yeah, no, I know Baby Cakes. Uh, I don't know the name of the band though. Because it was like a one-hit wonder, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I feel like it's three of, or something, yeah. know, something along so, those lines. Yeah, but Baby Cakes is, yeah. Baby Cakes, um, physical <laughs> single. Yeah, but the first album, I went to Woolworths. No, I feel like it was Tesco. I feel like Woolworths had gone at this point. The first album I'd bought on my own was um, Jason Mraz's album, We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things, with I'm Yours and mm. many others. I can't, I feel like I'd seen, but again, now I feel like that was quite young in my like discovering music kind of yeah. thing. Cause, um, I'd seen, there was an advert for the album on TV and it was before I'm yours had like gone that popular. And I just heard a clip of it and I was like, I, I feel like, I yeah, feel like I'm into like, it. Let's, let's go, let's go for that, it. That post Jack Johnson thing. Although yeah. I don't know. I, I, I feel like Jason Mraz is kind of slated in that kind of category because mm. only everyone only knows that song yeah exactly kind of, whereas the rest of the stuff isn't it's, quite it's it's our generation's wonderful like yeah the one you the one you bring out a guitar and play it yeah I've pretty heard, much heard so many covers of that song <laughs> and it's like it's not a bad song it's like it's just like a perfectly written pop song and mm. that's that's what you kind of want from one of those songs but it's like i've heard it so many times like <laughs> someone playing because the guitar but yeah like baby kicks is um no i know sorry to go <laughs> oh. back to that i know it's i know but it's not it's it's a song I still hear. Yeah. So it's like it's 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 not one of those songs you go, oh no, that's that's really awful. No, it's it like, comes on. You're it's like, actually, wow. it's actually like it's it's kind of fits into that category of song that's like so annoying that it's good. Yeah. Like For, that I feel 100%. like uh, a lot of music I listen to is like that. Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I feel like a lot of people who who would who are really serious about music again in inverted quotes because mm-hmm. like 
you can be very serious about pop music if you want to. Yeah, I, I think you've liked people like Charlie X, yeah, and like and you know people who are very kind of very very pop and mm. very very in your face with their pop. And like, yeah, um, and that's that one. That song is that. Like mm. it's so good. That it's, like, <laughs> it's just because it's that hook that. Yeah. Is seems so annoying. Where it's actually quite a well written pop song. Yeah. And I think if you put that next to Wannabe by Spice Girls, which I've heard recently quite a yeah. lot, and gone, because it's like 10 years old now or something, or maybe just over 10 years old. Which music video is that one? Wannabe. Is that the one with that's the, like, the one on take. Spaceships? No. No, what? No, What's no, that's that Spice of Your Life is on the one in Spice Okay. Because that's another music video I yeah, that's, really that was remember. Sick. I love that one. I, I think that and Larger Than Life by Backstreet Boys, I really yeah. like because I, re- I was like really into like space and sci fi yeah. as a kid. So, like, those music videos I love. And, like, they never, I, I don't think I had MTV then. So, I was like, whenever I got, got to see them, I was like, yeah, yeah that's amazing. <laughs> um, the Baby Cakes one, they're in a, they're in a bakery. bakery. Yeah. <laughs> as you would be. Obviously. So, you somehow Baby yeah. Cakes. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like there's um that song as well. I don't. I think it's, this song came out a lot later, but it kind of it's kind of connected because it's like this one hit wonder thing. It's like mm. um heartbroken, yeah, which is like such a good song. And yeah, like, it's like it's there's, one of those. Yeah, it's there's like so many in that 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 kind of genre mm. of one hit. Because one hit even like like I went out the other night in Cardiff SU, mm. and I feel like you can you're guaranteed to go out. I feel like the SU they definitely play like heartbroken. Maybe baby cakes. There's another one. Um, there's a couple like yeah, and they're all kind of the same like one hit wonders, yeah. but like similar. But it's vibe but it's weird. I, it seems like a random question. But how old are you? Twenty two. Okay, so it's kind of like almost. So I'm twenty six tomorrow actually. Um, Happy uh, birthday! Thank you. Uh, but it's funny because now if I go into a club and I hear some of these songs, I will literally look around and go. People in this club weren't <laughs> born when this song came out and they know it. And it's like, it's not even like a really kind of popular song. It's no. like a pop song from the 90s or like the yeah. early 90s. And you're like, oh my God, that's really weird. That's like, the, yeah. That those songs have endured. Like, mm. whereas really kind of those pop songs from the, well, I guess the really popular ones from the 80s and like early 90s, you would, you, you could kind of still hear. But I, mm. I don't know what it is about those songs that have kind of kept going yeah. that long, but I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate you, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. Whenever I hear, it's like, I think um, there used to be this club night in Bunker that turned into Team Up. Yeah. turned into Sony Shine 7, or whatever that one new one's called. Um, it was called Pop Bubble Rock. Yeah. And they had two rooms, and one was the pop punk stuff, and yeah, one was the pop stuff. Yeah, I remember stuff. this. And the pop one was amazing. It was so good. It was no so one good. was and ever it in all, there. And it like, yeah, but I was loving it because it was like yeah. all these pop songs that I like grew up with. And I was like, these are like, nobody would play these in like normal clubs. Mm. And then I, met, I also went, when I started going to do a pop as well, like New York yeah. pop, um, when I was working in a club, like they was playing some of those as well. But like, I remember being in Pop Bubble Rock and they playing Pretty Green Eyes. And yeah. I was like, that has a, oh, it's such a tune. But now it's like, yeah, it had that, that 90s, nerdy, naughty stuff. It's had this resurgence, like, especially like, I know it's like a really obvious one, but like Sandstorm by Darude mm. is like one of those ones that came back. But that was because it's kind of like a meme thing. But then yeah. like ATB and uh, Alice DJ and stuff like that. Mm. And like, and oh yeah, the, and fucking Blue by uh, Eiffel 65 is like one that's come back. And I'm like, <laughs> but that's not, that was never a good song. That was like, never a good time. That was like, that was like the runt of that. I was just like, that's not, a, that's not a good pop song. That's a mm. really awful one. I don't know. If, uh, uh, me and Magda, who I think you know, yeah. um, we we went to Brighton a couple of weeks ago and went to this night called Shit Pop, which is a thing I was really annoyed about because like 
you shouldn't have to call pop shit. Cause... Yeah, I feel like they they give these things these kind of names just yeah, to kind of like to go to go. Oh, it's not. It's you. Don't, yeah, like you we're don't, not being serious. Yeah, we don't no, really it's like fine, these. It's fine. And then and then you go there and, and it's ram. Yeah. Everyone's singing all the words and like yeah. And it's like I hate that kind of notion of the shit. It's like pop music is good because it's good. Yeah. Like it's made it for the masses. It's popular music. Like you shouldn't have to call it shit. And um. Yeah, they're playing some amazing songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. But like, yeah, Dirty Pop does it as well. But like, Dirty Pop does it and it does like the kind of really good pop music as well. Balances it out. Yeah. Um, more of that, please. Like, mm. I don't I don't mind that stuff at all. Like, you can keep your prisms and your whatever it is now. Is it still prism? Yeah. Yeah. I just I don't keep up because I haven't been there <laughs> for five years. So. Yeah, I feel like in Cardiff, I, feel, I think Dirty Pop's the only place kind of still flying the flag in there yeah i mean you're right because i've been to pulse and those and and wow and stuff like that and it's like it's okay but it's like it's not really like yeah even like retros and stuff they're not i don't know they're not they're not no very i feel like retros just plays like lots of like steps and retro oh god and that kind of yeah retros is <laughs> if you just walk in there it's kind of like it's a joke that that place it's like <laughs> it is literally like the the butt end of the card of club scene isn't it and it's just like that but then that's the if that's the pinnacle of that and live lounge is the pinnacle of the club scene then we're all doomed aren't yeah we? anyway R.I.P. <laughs> but i don't know i think i think the more people kind of lose the idea that pop music is a guilty pleasure and more embrace mm. how good it is like i think i think it's going there like one of my really big things i've talked about so much on the podcast already and people are probably sick of it if they hear it, is eurovision mm-hmm. and like people think that just eurovision is shit and a laugh and a write-off and like you just get wasted and laugh at all the terrible terrible music yeah but i think a lot of it's really good mm. it's you know lo- i think british people put it down because <clears throat> A, they never win. Yeah, and B, and B, like they're not as embracing as that kind of pop music as like as yeah. most Europeans. Whereas people in Europe treat Eurovision like yeah. it's the best thing. Mm-hmm. Like, like you have to put your best foot forward. Yeah. In Eurovision. Yeah, sometimes it's terrible, but mm-hmm. like you tried, and then like you, you're trying to make an effort to kind of bring that because it's you know it's a it's a it is a big industry if it comes mm-hmm. in like if you can afford it. And so some of that pop music is great, like especially stuff coming out of Sweden. Like, because Sweden's obviously like, yeah, when they, um, when they hosted a couple of years ago, they like showed all the, the music that came out of Sweden. I was like, oh yeah, it's like really good, like country for music. And like, yeah, like one of the best producers in the world is now is well, it's Swedish, Max Martin. Mm -hmm. And like that, yeah, that kind of embrace of pop music is like in Europe is so cool. And like love Europop because it's like, it's unashamed with its Love very true yeah. yeah and i wish it was more like that brent but no people are too cynical yeah mm. that's and in, in america as well people are too serious about music and they're not willing to just go listen to pop music mm. so as a musician that's kind of mainly based in in that kind of that produced element of it but you yeah. still like so you can play guitar yeah you play anything else um some piano yeah. kind of but more comfortable on guitar i suppose because mm. that's where I started when we were talking about like um, influence and stuff mm. earlier the whole like singer-songwriter world of it mm. is something I got like caught up in because um, I started I suppose my like the start of like me 
discovering and liking music was through YouTube and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And like early days YouTube, like when there wasn't a thousand videos of people covering song. There was only about maybe 30. And I, I just used to come home, like me and my friends in school all used to like watch the same YouTubers, like very, very early YouTube as well. And the people I followed, like very early days, like very early Gabrielle Applin. And I kind of saw her, yeah. like Rise of It. And um, there was a few other YouTubers, but they were all in that acoustic singer-songwriter. And that's kind of how I started then, kind of like following that. Mm. And that was all my tastes, like we were saying, with obviously my first album being Jason Mraz, it was very acoustic, guitars, singer-songwriter, and then it it branched out a bit to like other more folky bands. But then I obviously still loved like dance and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it'd be more like, not like EDM, but a a big contrast from the soft singer-songwriter stuff. And then there was also like, especially in like 2009, 2010... Paramore, Panic at the Disco, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. So I kind of like add all these different mm. things going on. And then as I got older, the acoustic stuff began to die down. And then the more electronic pop stuff took more of a mm-hmm. forefront. But yeah, it was all it was all kind of like a slow discovery through YouTube. Because I didn't even like know what Spotify was till like a couple of years yeah, ago. I mean, I don't think it was like, you talk about early years of YouTube, like 2007, 2008. Yeah. yeah. And like, you're right, because like YouTube was such kind of, it was still in a box and it was still kind of, everyone did it on the webcam and stuff mm. like that. And it wasn't like this high-end production. At all, now. yeah. But it's like, um, I think YouTube's really underrated in the way it's affected music. I mean, I think, no, I think it's kind of, people understand it now because people can see that it's like, you got all these artists coming up who are doing uh, UK and national and international mm. touring, like because they started off as YouTubers. Yeah, and it's like you can see that, like, <laughs> like millions of people watch one person, mm. whereas like you don't get that on TV now. And so no. the record labels are going, oh, maybe we should sign people who are on YouTube rather than on the X Factor. Yeah, exactly. Like, <clears throat> but I, yeah, definitely, kind of. I know, I know that kind of scene and that that kind of that influence and it's a weird kind of new generation of DIY mm-hmm. in a sense because if you can just sit there if you've got a laptop and you've got a halfway decent microphone and a yeah. camera you can be on YouTube mm-hmm. well you could back then especially like yeah. I know now it's probably like I don't know because that's yeah you're right there now there's thousands of them you kind yeah. of really stand out and that's, yeah that's the thing the, it's kind of perceived the way you stand out above the crowd is by having that no. higher end yeah. and, video you know, and content you don't start out like that do you like no. um, if you do know about music on youtube you're like as a kind of mainstream thing or from an outsider's perspective the first thing you think of is maybe like justin bieber mm. if even if you know about that the fact that he was like the first kind of success off youtube yeah but it was like yeah kind of not really but um then you've got yeah you've got musicians that are now like playing tram shed and stuff that started out on youtube and i've never mm. heard of them and yeah like, and like and that's not that's not me being like oh, i've never heard of them it's yeah. like i've because i just not i wasn't into that no as much and like yeah and like you're saying like gabrielle Applin, like i don't think i think i kind of knew that she was a youtuber but like not really but then you get to cut your teeth and get like instant feedback when you do that kind of thing yeah did you ever put videos up yeah i did i put quite a few videos up and then and then kind of when i started this mm. I took them all down. Yeah. Actually, actually, I didn't. I took them down fairly recently because I was like, uh, 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 let's not. not yeah. Someone else who I've interviewed on the podcast, Genevieve Geisman from, uh, she does the open mic reporters. Mm-hmm. She did that as well. And she said, 
she was like watching all those people and putting videos on YouTube herself. And she said she left them on there so she could see her progress. Yeah. Or like, I think she even said that she recorded them and then would put them up later. Or I, I can't remember exactly what she said, but like, but she like would keep them on there. So she, at least she could go look back and go, oh, I'm, at least I'm better than that now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and she won't take them down for that reason. So like people can see that she's made progress. And I think that's a cool idea. Mm. But then you kind of, a lot of the, I think that takes a lot of self-control because like, mm. I've taken so much stuff down off the internet yeah. and it's like, it's unreal. It's like, I don't, I hate that kind of how that can exist there forever. If you're not careful. <laughs> and like, no, so I completely understand that. So you playing stuff on acoustic guitar. When did you start playing guitar? I was about 15, 16 when I started GCSE music. Cause I basically had two options. It was obviously you had to pick an yeah. instrument. And at that point, the thought of singing in front of any, one was terrifying. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'll learn to play something instead. Yeah. So I started to learn to play the guitar. But then, funnily enough, fast forward like a year into doing GCSEs, we had to do a composition. Um, we'd done like some composition, like more like classical stuff, like mm. writing all the notes into this program on the computer. And then, which was really boring. <laughs> and I had no interest in at all. <laughs> and so they said, like, for the one we get assessed on you can either do that or you can write a song and then that was how i wrote my first song and what kind of started everything else yeah i think it's it's interesting how like some people just like feel like naturally they just go into writing music and other people get forced into it yeah just like it's fine it's like um well it's not fine but it's uh it happens and Mm. um yeah with that especially the the school element you kind of realized that but the whole like drawing stuff into computers it was like Mm. something i was really into uh well i don't know it's just because you get the access to it in in, in high school and stuff where yeah. did you where did you grow up in ponty Pontypris. all right yeah yeah school there i don't know i think at first it seems fun but then like when you i don't know i think the way that when i was especially when i was presented with the two mm. paths the one seemed way more fun than the other one yeah especially especially when it's related to school if you're like yeah. doing it at home on your computer on your own computer yeah Perfect, fine, great. Mm. But um, yeah, when you're when you're told to do it in a certain way, or like, it's, yeah. Like, yeah, it's not no fun at all. I think I got lucky because um, everyone else in my GCSE class in music had to do it with a really old version of Cubase, but they uh. let all the people who were doing IT as well as one of their options use the more advanced programs, which is great. So I got to use the, the uh. more sophisticated one, which was still like Cubase three, right? <laughs> possibly. Like, it wasn't that good. It's, it's interesting that you say you went into that kind of computer stuff. Again, it's relating to the, you know, being in school and stuff. But, mm. And you were more inclined to do the guitar stuff. And so you just kind of, you then just go and sit with the guitar and go, All right, I've got to write and sing now. Yeah. Yeah. So was that, that was, was that scary then? That kind of idea that you're going to have to I sing? mean, not, not writing wasn't scary at all. Because mm. when I was learning guitar, again, that was a bit more, that was more like classical stuff. Because that's how the school marked you and everything but like so alongside that then obviously i just wanted to go home and learn how to play taylor swift yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah obviously um love story was the first song i learned playing guitar fun fact okay good that's 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 one of the the, second mm. one was i'm yours obviously yeah yeah as as you do so when i was learning all these songs i was like low-key like singing to myself anyway Mm. and then when i was and when i came to writing i'd kind of like learnt all these different chords and learnt different like types of songs so then it was just kind of like the fun of making putting all that yeah knowledge together yeah but I think 
I don't know if it's just me, but uh, I took me about two or three years to even get kind of okay at playing guitar when I yeah. started. I think I got my guitar when I was 13 and then only really was confident in playing it well when I was 15, 16. Mm. So the, the fact that you can start playing an instrument at 15 and then by the end of 16 do it in a way that mm. you can write and stuff like that. Yeah. Be all right with it. Yeah, it probably wasn't cute at the start. <laughs> but um, I think it was, it was something I did. As soon, it was kind of like as soon as I started, I did all the time. Mm. Because yeah, because I because I enjoyed it, so I think the progression seemed a lot quicker. quicker mm. But because it was probably like of the, the, how much I was doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's if it's something you enjoy, you do tend to kind of get into it a lot quicker and get get yeah. it a lot quicker. I think. Um, but yeah, if you're kind of struggling with it, it's kind of can suck. <laughs> mm. I remember a lot of my sister yelling at me, "Stop playing that song because <laughs> you can't get it right," and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So after you you did your GCSE, how long did you carry on with the vocals and the guitars as a thing? Doing GCSE music was when I started, when I wrote my first like proper song, mm-hmm. and I wrote a couple because we had to submit at least two, I think. And then it was after GCSE, so start of sixth form, I didn't carry on music as a course, mm-hmm. but it's kind of when I started to do it properly in in my head, I suppose. It was ra- around that time when I started YouTube mm-hmm. and uploading like covers and stuff and then writing more myself. And it was around that time when I'd met um, Amy Wodge. I met her like random, basically around how I met Amy was I used to teach dancing in the Mooney mm-hmm. in Ponty. And did a work experience there with the um, lady who was kind of like in charge of the arts. And she said, like, I'll just um, come with me for the week. And I went to like a few different meetings with her. And Amy was running a like songwriters camp with a few people. And Ange, the lady who I was with, said, like, oh, just go on you for the day. So I just kind of like sat like silently in this writing session with Amy, like absolutely petrified. Because I don't even think, I'm not sure what Ed Sheeran had had. Well, no. I'd have to check there. I mean, I I think Amy Wodge still like had a kind of a reputation at that point though. That, yeah. That she was like a significant songwriter. Yeah. Because um, maybe they d- they'd done the, yeah, they, def- they probably definitely would have done the EP they did yeah. together. And but then, he wasn't like massive. Then, no, no, no. Like he is now. <clears throat> yeah, so just in this room with these people and then it, that was kind of like my first being with her and and these people that were like I'd kind of like taken songwriting seriously mm. and like she she talk a lot about like the industry and stuff as well around the actual writing of the song with everyone and teach them different things I think that was the first time I'd kind of seen the world of songwriting I mm-hmm. suppose other than just because I, I, I suppose I never really thought of like songs being they kind of like this separate thing other than like what you see on yeah it was just kind of like all all one thing. It was kind of how I'd perceived it before, but all of a sudden it was being broken down a little bit. Do you remember mm. if there were any artists on that course that are still going now? It'd be interesting because this is there's this guy. This guy was there from London with her, mm. and and she was doing this this guy called um, Ryan Ashley. That is insane. Mm. He's actually insane. He was like 16 at the time. He's he's been involved in like so many other different projects and he's really good friends with um m and k and becky hill and he recently supported her at her london show but like he's been, spent like years like not not doing anything yeah but like i feel like some, it's, it's, it's gonna go down it's soon. interesting yeah because it's like a lot of these artists like will work for a really long time mm-hmm. and then 
like under the surface yeah and absolutely then kind of come up like um a couple of examples of that is lord who was like yeah. writing stuff uh, from, from like 14 14 or yeah. and then she like actually released the first record when she was 16 and jesse j's one as well because yeah. like she never released her own music she always just wrote for the people yeah. and knew who she was that getting thrown in to that is quite quite interesting in it and you mm. realizing that songwriting's I, I i know it's like i think the way you were saying it, it's kind of the way i was thinking of it, it's like it's not just um sitting there and writing a song you guitar that's got all these different elements to songwriting yeah. that you can include and and then the whole kind of the industry around songwriting is a lot more mm. interesting than people think it is. Yeah. Because it's not just you write a song and send it off to an artist. It's kind of like, it's much more, it's much more to it than that. And maybe she's kind of coming up with stuff like that for you. But yeah, like sitting there with Amy Wodge at that time, who even then kind of seems mm. like quite an intimidating figure. Yeah, absolutely. That, not not in a sense that she's scary, but like because she's like yeah. she's got a reputation. And even then, before Ed Sheeran was like massive, it's probably like might be the time. I I don't know. I'm just guessing. It's probably the time just before his first album came out. Do you reckon? Um, yeah, I think it was some time before because I remember after like after the first time meeting her, I'd um I'd done a, a fair few things with her over the years, different like um writing things with other groups of people, and like, she kind of had. There was this a uh, quite a big group of singer songwriters from around South Wales, especially like young. We were all kind of around the same age that are all off doing different things now. And we all kind of started at the same time mm. and kind of in the same way. But yeah, I think it was before his um, first album because she had a track on the deluxe edition of the mm. first album, a song called Gold Rush. Yeah, and I, I definitely like known her. Mm. A, a amount of time before that so yeah it was before kind of like that welsh legacy that you can kind of tie up and everyone knows you're watching this in, in some so, capacity in some capacity i mean it's like it's, it's fine it's like that's how it works so with that singer songwriter stuff um when did that transition to the electronic stuff i guess it's quite a crucial question so i released like an acoustic singer songwriter esque ep that I recorded with Amy, actually. All right. I think I think he was putting that out, and bear in mind, say say in the background of all this happening, the music I was listening to was slowly but surely shifting mm. from all this singer songwriter stuff, and when I put my own stuff of that genre out and was playing it everywhere, it just didn't like do anything for me. Like I kind of i'd sit there and be like the music i'm putting out isn't the music that i'd come across and be like oh wow like mm. and, and get excited by it so it was that was kind of the start of leaving the guitar yeah on the bed. that makes sense because it's like if you're not excited about the music you're making yeah then, then like yeah then you're making it for so, yeah you're making it for people who you don't really want. well i don't know i don't know it's kind of i always have this idea that as long as you're writing something, someone's going to like it. But I don't think that's strictly true. I think it's mm. like, if you like it, that means people, it's kind of like the whole thing of, you know, like to do with relationships where it's like, someone's going to like you for you. Mm. And then that's the right person. Yeah. So if you're like pretending to be someone else, then like, yeah. then that's not the person you want to be with. Cause the person, mm. yeah. So it's like the same thing for music. If you're making music that you like, then the people that are going to like it as well mm. are going to be the people you want to listen to your exactly. music. So yeah, that's, that's a really important element. If you're not if you're not writing music and you're not making music that you that you like, then uh, yeah, like don't do yeah, it. Yeah, why you didn't? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's such, it feels like that's such a horrendous thing to be part of if you're writing music that you don't like. Mm. like why there's so much music out there? Why would you try and write something that sounds like everything? I don't know. It sounds like something else, yeah. and also you don't like. 
but yeah, it's good that you kind of realized that mm. and didn't and kind of went right. I'm going to change tack now. Yeah, so like that must be such a difficult thing to kind of realize and then go. Oh, what am I going to do now? Yeah, because so. I think the what made it more difficult was that when I liked acoustic and sing a songwriting music, I had a guitar, I could pick up a guitar, write a song, mm. and it would sound like what I was listening to, and that was great. But when I was hearing all this like this massive produced stuff and all that, all these different electronic elements that seemed untouchable f- for me. I was, it was like, how am I going to yeah. get anywhere to that? Yeah, exactly. You, there's a guitar in front of you and within that guitar, like you can pull out songs, but if you sat in front of a computer, it's so much more difficult because mm-hmm. you go, because there's so many different elements of it. And like, and especially if you're not well-versed in it as yeah, well. Yeah, at like, all. Like you no could idea. kind of work out, well, I guess you could kind of work out, you could self-teach yourself guitar, but you can't really self-teach yourself how to use a computer. It takes a long time, I reckon. Yeah. Like I had like some really gross laptop. Because I think if if someone was in my position now, everyone has Apple this, Apple that anyway, mm-hmm. that comes with like GarageBand and stuff, that everything's just a lot more accessible now, I think, whereas at the time... It wasn't. And like one of the, it was when I was doing um, YouTube videos, I uploaded a cover of um, Ribs mm. by Lord. And that was like the first, my little like test at mm. at this like new kind of stuff. And like how I'd done it on this like program that was like using the keyboard on a computer yeah. as as a keypad. Yeah. So like smashing the A button for this like kick drum. But like I had so much fun, like, making that mm. and like listening to the song and trying and like trying to like hear all the different parts for the first time and trying to recreate that and I think doing that and like other things similar all like kind of like started where so where it is now I suppose I think yeah I think that's quite quite a good point it's like if you cover a song and try and deconstruct it like that and try and build up all the elements you mm. learn so you learn yeah, so much that's more that's kind of how I because then you can kind of go, oh, that's how that worked. That's mm-hmm. how they got that sound. Like, yeah. And if you mess around with it, like, and you kind of open up a new kind of way of doing it. So you kind of using a, a program that used keypad. That sounds really kind of basic. And then, yeah. and then, so after that kind of that cover, did you then go right? Let's start doing electronic music. And was um, it that quickly? No, 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 not at all. So I think from that, I kind of started. Because I still what well, I still like all the acoustic stuff, but and then so then maybe I'd add like um, strings and stuff in mm. using my keypad keyboard <laughs> or just like just it was just kind of like building it from just a guitar, and then I guess I kind of like added loads of different elements. It was um, ribs and um, I did a cover of one last time, but like again like a upbeat version of it. And that was, I think that's that's kind of how I how I learned. I this kind of the same way I learned guitar. I learned guitar, learning chords, and then learned how to make my own songs. And it was kind of the same with the electronic stuff. Mm. I'd kind of break down all these different pop songs, and then kind of pull elements from all of them, or like what I what I liked from that one. And kind of, yeah, just kind of pull different elements from everything. To like very slowly build different videos and different songs and things, and then slowly leave the acoustics yeah stuff. and i think that's that's a good way of doing it rather than just sitting there and go what does this do and mm. like because it's so easy to kind of get to start with a technology 
uh, and kind of open up a synth or something on a on a laptop and start playing around with it and messing with it mm. until you find something that kind of sounds good. If you kind of take an element of some, something else that you've heard, mm. I think that's more of a way of finding a good sound because obviously like yeah yeah that's kind of maybe people can see that as derivative or whatever but mm. like if you're taking those good elements and then you work out how they fit together and properly and and that that's how you learn like instead of trying to start from scratch it's like it gives you a, like a baseline to kind of mm. to start with and then you don't have to be it's not so intimidating when you kind of look at a yeah exactly of, like uh so what what are you like writing I mean, you say you work with Lee House, who's, yeah. who's a producer. Um, I know he's now because he works with the Forty Project. I'll yeah, come to later. So you work with um, Rebecca Hearn and and Public Order and a couple of these other people in the Forty Project. So was that was that through the Forty Project then? Um, no. So how? So I started say I was publicly uploading my my covers as usual. Like there was definitely a change happening. Yeah. Behind then, I'd started writing my first songs on... I'd messed around with a few programs on, like, this really shit Windows laptop. And then um, was kind of looking into it. And then there was, like, some programs you could get for Windows. But I'd kind of, like, convinced myself that Mac was the way forward. <laughs> I was like, I need GarageBand. I need a Mac. Yeah. But at, at the same time, I was doing loads of design stuff as well. So, like, mm. Mac lent itself to yeah. Photoshop and stuff as well. So I had all these reasons to... Mm-hmm. to get it so so i convinced myself having a uh, garage band kind of started started the, a, a different way of writing for me because I, I hadn't even thought of writing on the other stuff even though i'd kind of done like my own versions of yeah electronic covers i'd never written anything before i still wrote on guitar and piano mm-hmm. and then when i had garage band everything seemed a lot it seemed it seemed a lot easier to write with and that those was how i wrote my first songs and I say I wrote like I wrote so many I was writing all the time but it was like it didn't feel like because whereas now I sit down and be like I'm gonna write something to release something because at that time I was doing my singer-songwriter stuff mm. but then and then this was my Your my kind of, my fun yeah, yeah it's, it's the, it was like well around, nothing's yeah. gonna happen with it yeah, kind of yeah. thing and then I wrote wrote a loads of songs and within those songs were the four that I've now released and I'd kind of like spent more time on them tried to make them sound more um professional or just better than like how they started and then it kind of reached the point where i thought like no i want to i want to i want to go down this avenue i want to release them and me and lee had kind of like just kind of like randomly found each other at like the same kind of point in our lives in a way because he'd he'd done work with a band i was friends with and had um and i so i'd seen his work through them and he'd they they were acoustic band, but he'd kind of like added some like electronic elements, mainly just like synths and stuff. So I'd found, but in his like what's what's the word? Not arsenal of work, but like portfolio. portfolio <laughs> in his like portfolio of work, he had this more electronic stuff. So um, we met up and kind of like spoke about the potential to work at each other, with each other, and he was kind of in the same point. He he was constantly working with um, singer songwriters and like folky acoustic bands and he'd kind of got a bit tired of that and wanted to do a more electronic so we, mm. we'd both kind of reached this point where we were kind of been a bit bored of doing the the more simplistic stuff and wanted to do something a bit more yeah so you say you you're producing stuff on garage band and stuff yeah what what you are i mean it's 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 fine it's i mean 
you know, I'd sit sit down on an iPad and well, I don't own an iPad, but you can you open up an iPad and you've got GarageBand on it. Mm. And you can do so much already with what's already exactly, on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy, and it's like oh, it's kind of intimidating how easy it is now. Where it's like literally like, and I think back to that Cubase whatever program and like drawing in notes, and now you yeah. just like record loops into an iPad. It's crazy. Like the the, sh- the shift in technology is amazing. So you kind of had those. Were they like? the demos kind of ideas and then how yeah. how did you and lee collaborate on getting those i basically had yeah all these these demos of four songs that i knew i wanted to record i kind of picked like yeah the four the best out of the the ones i had and well first of all i just took um blood and ghost to lee and um so i sent it sent him the demos and like f- before actually before we met and so we could see what i was doing and where i was coming from and then we met up in this this studio he was working at and like kind of had a chat about it and like our ideas and like where I where I wanted to go. He showed me like some of the work he'd been working on that kind of fitted the mm. fitted the style of it so I could see his like capabilities. And then we booked a session in. I went in and recorded re-recorded the vocals over the demos I'd already done and then kind of left that day and he went and did his bit. And then kind of sent them to me, and I was just like, he, what? Did, he went and did his bit. See that that that's like that seems like a dark magic element. But yeah. like, what did he kind of do to those those demos? Then he is a producer. I'm very much not. Mm. So I'd kind of say I'd like I'd flesh out in in my demos, like obviously the chords, the the drums, the different ideas. So like so for for like blood, it was the same kind of bass, the same chords, the same. Um, drum pattern and the little like uh, 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 yeah that bit and then he just he just kind of b- build off that slash like take them away I suppose so like he'd redo redo the the drums and because I'm I'm just like some like idiot smacking a <laughs> keyboard being like kick this snare so it's essentially you are writing all the music but he's taking that and just transforming yeah. it to a, yeah. a, a, a high level okay that's yeah because like. Because doing my research on the on the way here on the drive here, <laughs> like listening to that EP as well, I was like thinking, oh, I wonder how much of that is, like, yeah, because it's it's kind of it feels like a rude question to ask um, people. How like, how much, much of did that you do? Do do do? do, do. Uh, yeah, I guess that's a weird that's a that's a weird thing because I think some people, unless they like go out and like fully advertise, like I wrote everything, I mm. produced everything, or you assume it's either that extreme or like they've done nothing yeah i mean it's, it's it makes me think of um grimes who uh after yeah. she got really successful she had all these like male producers coming to her so oh let's work on a track together and she's like no because i write my own music like, yeah because everyone just assumed that she'd worked with other people yeah and um you know it's like it's there's no fault with working with other people especially when you know that you know if you mm. want the best results you work with someone who knows more yeah it's kind of like one of those uh, questions I, I hesitate to ask because it's like, oh, did you actually write this? But mm. like you did, you essentially wrote those songs. You just had a producer come in and help you in the same way a band would write. I don't know. I don't know if it's in exactly the same way, um, but it's, you know, a band who self-produce a record mm. or a band who go with a producer. There's that different element of that's that step up. But I don't know if that works in the same way. Yeah. Especially Blood and Ghost don't don't sound structurally and like instrument wise they don't sound that much different. Mm. They just sound way fucking better. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, I I suppose all the all the ideas are there. If I hadn't put all the ideas I had in my head on there, 
to take to someone else, then I think what what I got back would wouldn't be what I envisioned it sounding yeah, like. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think uh, a good producer knows when to kind of when to add and when to subtract and when to kind of yeah. yeah. So I think you know that collaboration works out really well. And like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like which is um, you know, I've I've seen cases of that, and you kind of you you come back with something, and you go, oh, that's not. Yeah, quite what I, I imagined it would sound like, but um, so it's good that you kind of were on the same level on on that side. So, mm. so with that EP, that is now the Ghosts EP, mm-hmm. Ghosts, 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 Ghost, Ghost. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's kind of listen to that on the way here, and like that production in it is. Um, so you said those those were amongst the first songs you wrote. Yeah, well, in the in the dark was the first song mm. I wrote. Yeah, the songs songs on the, e- the EP in the order they are is the order I wrote them in. Mm. I think actually, Blood and the Game might be the other way around. Yeah, they were they were definitely the the standouts for me, especially well, Blood and Ghost were the first two I recorded, and then I put Blood out. When did you re- when did you write in the dark? Then? Uh um. Honestly, years ago. Yeah, so, so many years so it's ago. It's interesting that you're kind of you're sat on this music and you still yeah. it's still of the quality you, you want to put out at this point. Yeah, like, is that the case? Are you not like? Is it not like you're tired of it? You don't really. Is it oh like, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, well, the the EP had been recorded maybe two years ago. Okay, and then there was just kind of figuring out lots of different things and working with working with different people. And I do loads of gigs and different things. And then like n- now it was like, no, right now I need, to, I kind of want to, these are the songs that kind of started it for me mm. kind of thing. And I want to just, I want to put those out because I've, I've been playing them live for a while anyway, a good year. Mm. And um, I think it kind of leaves me in a good place for me to kind of be like, r- like, and now I can look Go to, to, next. to what's, yeah, what's next. next. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's, that's especially, that. I mean, that answers the question that I was going to ask. Well, maybe that uh, a lot of the artists I talk to now kind of discuss whether EPs or albums are even mm. like a good idea where you, you should just release singles. But um, a lot of the time, if you release something that's like like longer length than just a single, it's because those songs work together. Yeah. And I guess you kind of trying to get, you getting all those four songs out at once means you kind of, now that era is over, now you mm. can move on to the next thing and that makes sense. And that's, so does that, is that kind of Yeah, right? and I, th- I think... I'd I'd put um, blood out when I'd well I, I hadn't recorded in the dark in the game at that point because um, it was like is that like I say I say when I perform as well like there's a there's a part in the bridge that's like so tired of being the hunted blah, yeah blah, yeah I'll become the hunter and that was it was right in it was all part of the, kind of the same decision of me deciding to leave the singer songwriter stuff and go more this way and at the same time I was thinking well I don't want to just carry on on the same on the same page that I I left off under the same name and everything I kind of wanted to do a blank slate fresh start okay. kind of thing and it was in writing all this music that I decided where I wanted to go musically and then in writing blood yeah kind of gave See, me that, right that, that was that was the, one of the other one of the other questions I was going to ask about those lyrics because like I was listening to that and those were kind of like really standout lyrics to me because like because mm. obviously because you're called Hunter yeah uh, but it's like it kind of that having that story behind it is really kind of it kind of adds an extra element to that song it's yeah kind of, yeah I, I love hearing like why and uh, you know um the last podcast I did uh kind of talked about 
the question is like, why are you called that? And like, yeah. and like it seems like such a cliche question, but because it is now such a cliche question, nobody asks it anymore. Mm. So the idea that your the the your name is like actually has a meaning, especially when it's wrapped up in a song like that, it's kind yeah. of quite cool and kind of establish yourself in that way. I think I really like bands that have got their like a song with their name in it because it kind of goes, oh yeah, it's like like that's yeah. where it came from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, exactly how it happened for me. Yeah, so is there a reason why there's a V in it, though? Hmm? Is there a reason why there's a V in it? <laughs> um, it's literally just so, one, because I want to be cool, <laughs> which I've definitely achieved with my <laughs> V. And just, like, h- how saturated the internet is. Yeah. If you were to just type in Hunter, Hunter like, yeah. you, you'd never... Makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. and, like... I always get I always get the comparison to churches. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, but that's I'm sure they. That's exactly the same reason they probably yeah. made their found that because because you, if you search yeah. churches, you and just get it, a list of churches. Yeah, you, you'd never. <laughs> you just get the uh, yeah. Just swap a what well, isn't swap Hunter a like a, a Welly brand or something? Isn't it? like, yeah, yeah, it yeah, is yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get well, no. Get sponsorship from them, so yeah, we can work together. I'm sure that makes perfect sense from a kind of you know, um, it's and it looks good as well, mm. yeah. And it, people can say all they want about like pretentious names and shit, yeah. but it's like no. I feel like it's such a common thing now as well. Whereas yeah, at, the, at the time when I started it, yeah, just because you have to because you need like a searchability, yeah, why like, you need yeah, to kind of, yeah, I know it's like some some bad names I go, oh, why are you called that? Why are you so much better? Like. There's a there's a band there's a really cool band from uh, from Bliner who um, uh, there's this band from Bliner called the Guns for a while and then this is his new project the main guy in the Guns it's called this right the band's called this spelt T H I S yeah right yeah so it's that's difficult. really hard to Google isn't it it's yeah. like like that's yeah I don't think you twenty years ago that was an issue yeah but now, now definitely yeah, is yeah exactly like I'm sure there's like you, you would have to. You probably go to a record label if you had like a really common name, like for your name, your band, and they just go. No, you have to change the name because yeah. like, you just can't. You can't do yeah, that. Yeah, because it's such like, an important thing. So yeah, that's the thing. Like if if you were signed in, like they, it'd definitely be at the top of their list if it if it was an issue. Yeah, because like you can't you can't make an impact now. Yeah, if you can't find something like if you if you mm. if you can't Google an artist and get them on the first go, you, you've lost basically. Yeah. So with the kind of the uh, the live shows and stuff, it's interesting because I've talked about it a couple of times about the kind of electronic element, and um, I think it's obviously more interesting for you though because you're singing everything, mm. and it's like you're not just standing there on a laptop pressing stuff and kind mm. of, and so it's kind of, and you've got these structured songs. So it's, I think it's a little bit more different than electronic music as, as it stands. But also I think that kind of music is hard for people to kind of accept that as a kind of a thing. If you haven't got a band, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. interesting. Um, like you said at the start, like that you're doing it on your own is coming in as it's a simple thing. I mean, for me, it's like, as a sound engineer, it's like, fine, great. Yeah. Perfect. Easy. If you can do it yourself, then it's all right. Like, but um, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, when you start off like that, you can't really do the whole full band thing. Like, it's kind of your next step now you've released the CP because, well, I think, I think one thing I missed that I kind of saw, well, I heard on Bethan's show this morning, because mm-hmm. he played on Six Me this morning, um, 
was that you your one of your songs got picked up on a playlist. Is that right, or has she got that? Play, um, or it went viral or something? Oh, or? yeah, I think that's the like when I when I first put blood up, like the the plays that are generated, and there was like random blogs from like LA and stuff. I just did did not understand why. Yeah. Not that like I didn't understand why they liked it, but I was just like, how how have they found it? Yeah, because I because I literally just uploaded it with like an like a new Facebook page and everything, so it was like no carryover from other than like sharing it with my friends and stuff like that they knew who, but like yeah, I don't know where. So it's complete they plucked chance. It from. You didn't like you yeah. weren't sending millions of emails. That's out the people. thing. That's that's crazy. It happens. Yeah, it does happen, and like you bands blow up and certain things kind of get picked up but that's yeah it's kind of weird that that can happen and i think it's interesting because a lot of people then expect a lot from you yeah and you're like i didn't ask for that like (laughs) so you can kind of like have a song like that come out and then you go well i'm not ready to yeah to do this yeah like it's just which was kind of what it was yeah so i think i think you had like quite a lot of hype at the start and then you kind of like oh what do i do i was like give me a minute yeah yeah exactly so i think you know i mean the potential is definitely there i mean the ep is great like Mm, i really really like it and like i haven't had the chance to listen to it properly for a while like when it first came out i remember listening to it and being like this is great yeah kind of posted about it but yeah it's kind of it's up it's up there on spotify you can listen to it and Mm -hmm. it's like it's like no no barriers blocking anyone from Indeed. from hearing it and like so is the kind of the future now is kind of working on these new songs you kind of started writing new stuff yeah well i've been that's the the, the eps the ep was written i literally yeah. don't know like maybe th- four years ago wow. and recorded two years ago that's the thing i've been i've been sat on this stuff for ages and well, with that kind of sorry with that kind of songwriting it's a lot of it seems quite personal and stuff well mm-hmm. like elements of it definitely yeah. um how does it feel like still singing those songs four years later i think well i, I, I don't think even. definitely that I, I guess where the song came from is always going to be one place but mm. i remember like when i when i first came to uni and different things happening and i remember like some lyrics can mean something so specific. But yeah, like when I came to uni and like different things happen, all of a sudden like I was relating to my own song in like this completely different way. It was really weird. <laughs> but that's interesting. I never I've I I've, I've never heard of that before, but I guess that's quite yeah. that's quite difficult, yeah. Um I suppose when you hear a song the the you relate to, you you hear these lyrics and you kinda of like think like straight away, like you think to that thing. Mm. And it was like I was um it was I was singing the game. And there's like a part in the second verse and all of a sudden like something that didn't really mean anything to me. I was just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the question I like asking is like if you're singing these songs that are quite personal, do you ever like get st- stuck on something because it evokes a memory or something? Mm, not, 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 not so much. I, th- I think because uh, um, the songs are so, not that they're like upbeat and happy, because mm. I think the, the core of the song and not at all oh yeah that and i love that kind of music where it's like it sounds upbeat but it's actually really dark. yeah yeah <laughs> i think I, I don't i think before when when i'm performing it anyway because because it, it has such like an energy to it i don't think i'll ever well, I, I wouldn't say I, I don't think i'll ever but i think <laughs> i think it's easier to get caught up in like or like caught on like a lyric of something you've written if it's much more fitting of the if it's a sad song yeah, and yeah. It's, it's about a sad time and i think it's much easier in that sense or there's like a song i've um this not released that i've been performing this a much more like down tempo mm. one that kind of 
does that for me. But I think that like up-tempo ones, yeah. not so much. That's interesting. Where, yeah, uh, I guess cause you can kind of, I love that. Yeah, that kind of music where it's like really up-tempo, but the lyrics are really dark. I love yeah. That kind of thing. But then it's like you don't, uh, yeah, and you can put that kind of stuff on and not, and it's like, I think the, one of the most famous examples of that is Hey Ya by Outkast. Because mm. it's like really a happy, upbeat song, but it's about a relationship falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like people don't, people don't hear that. And then like, I think some people did like, like a really downbeat acoustic cover of it. Yeah, I like, some, oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who did it? It was like a big famous one. I can't remember. Oh, right. But I, I definitely know what you're on about. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's kind of what I like about... Because I suppose that's where my music started. It was always very, very that. Yeah, there's another one is like, I was going to say, Dancing on My Own by Robin. Yeah. Which is like, which is, it is pretty sad. Like you can't really escape the fact that that's a really sad song. Yeah. So it's in a minor key and it's like... And it's like called dancing on my own, but it's still like you could dance to it, yeah. even though it's really sad. And like, I don't know, I think and that kind of that, I really, really like that kind of music and that kind of the electronic stuff that's like much darker. And, mm. um, you know, it's you kind of draw really easy comparisons to like Lord and stuff. And yeah. like, and uh, in a certain way, like The Weeknd mm-hmm. as well. Obviously, you, you said you referred to like Ribs earlier and um, I was doing a cover of that. Was there anything else? around that kind of time that was really influencing you in that in that sense um i think um de- definitely lord stuff i remember getting pure heroin and it was and it just kind of like cycled in my car for ages so lord's definitely up there um bastille mm. probably played a big part in it and um kind of like i kind of caught on to years and years quite early and watching their rise and progress as well so i think and kind of on a similar wave to Lord being like not so upbeat and dancey, mm. um, discovering like Banks and her stuff, which is a lot more like moodier, kind of similar to the weekend. Yeah, all the all like heavy electronic elements, but maybe not. I think it was like a, finding like a middle ground between the two of being saying like years and years like more popular stuff like King and Desire, like yeah. much more upbeat, dancey stuff, and then this really like dark. Kind of. yeah it's it's interesting for me because it's like i really love pop music and i really love rock music mm. and uh so i one of my, my favorite bands nine nails and obviously there's not well there's like recent stuff is kind of a little bit poppy and like mm-hmm. um they kind of had some stuff that was a bit poppy right and when all this like dark pop music started coming out i was like yeah this is perfect it's like yeah. pop music and it's dark as well so it's kind of like i really like those two elements and um uh, and like the xx as well yeah that's kind of more towards the rock side of things mm-hmm. and like um and things like that and you know i'm I'm all about that kind of new wave of stuff because it's it's almost like it's really cliche things but it's like reflects the times mm. <laughs> like, like we seem to be living in the future and everything's awful so that's good so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> move on so yeah so the kind of you're starting writing uh some new stuff and then uh what about the live stuff you're just gonna try and continue on the, the stuff trying to get shows or is it like what are you looking to do next? Well, like re- recently, like around the time of um, the EP release, I played like lo- well, quite a lot of gigs. Well, the, the most gigs I've ever played in the mm. in a short space of time of like a couple of weeks, which was really good to do because I feel like I learned a lot in doing so many back to back in a way. Because um, I was, especially from the from the start leading up to now, they were so like sporadic. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good one to see that I could physically do it like vocally be able to yeah. do it because I honestly thought I was gonna get halfway through and have to like send a load of emails out and be like I'm really sorry but yeah. 
I physically can't. Yeah, I mean that that is definitely a kind of element when you're doing um when you're doing so many shows back to back is how how you can sustain your voice and stuff. And it's like put my put my forte hat on. It's like as long as you do your warm ups and like be yeah, healthy is, about yeah. it and like sleep regularly. Yeah, starting when I started this, I didn't have a clue mm. about anything um vocally and singing and everything kind of like through forte i learned mm. i learned about that yeah so what was that year in forte like because yeah obviously I, i'm doing the i the started halfway year. through the second year yeah so it was it, that's the thing it was it was really good for so many different things i think yeah. that's you get out of it what you what you want to i suppose i think they they try to offer you a range of everything from like funding to recording to getting you in touch with producers and stuff and then I think I think this year they've gone a lot more. So it would say like the things that went really well in the first year, like have kind of become like essential for them doing in their second year, which is all which is all part of it. Like which is good to see. But yeah, so, like so many different things. That's the thing. Like thinking about like vocal health and stuff was something that kind of like through like Unibus kind of resonated with me through doing stuff with Tanya through 40 yeah some, something i hadn't even considered before and there's no way i would have been able to do this like run of gigs mm. without having that knowledge of how to take take care take and care. yeah definitely. yeah for um, sure so you're not still in uni are you still in uni now or? yeah i'm yeah. in my second year now okay cool so you started late late and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was just thinking so are you doing like a music course in uni then? yeah now i am i did do graphics briefly mm. And then I was like, no. no, no I, I think I think for me, doing something that wasn't music made me realise how much I wanted to do music, which, yeah, which, yeah. which is what it was. Like, I I enjoyed doing graphics and everything, but doing it as a full time uni course, I was like, this isn't this is not what I want to no, be doing with my time. Enough. Yeah. So do you, do you think like now you're doing all this uni stuff? Is that going to help with your? Well, obviously it is going to help with your mm. production. Do you think you're going to try and do it on your own, or are you going to still work with other people with this kind of new? If you when you move forward to do new recordings, you kind of gonna try and do it yourself, or you gonna? Um, and no, because because no. my capabilities are not the level of the stuff I've already put out. So I'd if I can't meet what I've already yeah, put out, I don't want yeah. I don't want to go backwards at all. Like the the demos I take to Lee will will definitely yeah. be better, but I mean, and, and, and there'll be like less work then to build on top of. Yeah, hopefully. exactly, but. Yeah, that's a th- I, and I, I kind of like what I said earlier. Like, I'm I'm more confident in what I can do now myself. So, like, from me handing a demo over to getting a finished product back, there's going to be less mm. like difference between the two. Yeah, and I think and you've got more of an insight then onto what makes that jump as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so it's always good to learn. Isn't it? mm. So yeah, so yeah, I think I think that kind of brings us from the beginning to the end quite, yeah pretty quite, much. quite well so the last two questions i ask are uh questions i sent you um hopefully you remember them uh no it's i remember the i remember one i think hopefully more i do these the more people but it's fine anyway um so the first question is what's something you've been listening to recently a lot it doesn't have to be have come out recently but mm-hmm. it's something you've been listening to a lot recently and like you really enjoying and kind of hang on repeat and stuff definitely um, Billie Eilish's EP album. I don't know which one it is because sometimes it's it's been called an EP, but it's an album. It's like seven, sevenish tracks called <laughs> "Don't Smile at Me." So she is insane. Have you heard? No, it? I haven't. Oh, pl- 
go listen. Okay. What's Have you heard any of his stuff? No, I, Billy, oh, Billy. Billy Eilish. Billy is in B-I-L-L-I-E. Yeah. Um, Eilish, E-I-L-L-I-S-H. Okay. I think. I think she's like maybe 16 now. Oh, no. All these young people. One of those. It's horrible. No, it's great because it means like the really the thing I like about like when people start so young and they're so good when they're so young. So you go, Jesus, how how if you start when you're 16, how good are you going to be when you're 21? Yeah. And it's exactly the same with Lord. Like, because she went from releasing pure heroin when she was 16 and then the second album came out i was just like holy crap that is like yeah how much better have you got like yeah she worked with jack antonoff and stuff but like but yeah it's all it's still like that songwriting is unreal like it's it's so kind of um yeah, uh, which is what it comes down yeah definitely um so yeah so cool i'll check that out cool and it's that's yeah. definitely that's good i think good one of the i think why i probably like it so much is because it has Kind of like all the her songs go from that kind of like really stripped down to like a much harder hitting electronic yeah. kind of stuff, and like every everywhere in between, I suppose. Because like I th- I think um, what I love about songs and stuff so much is kind of like in my my two my two genres I've had my like feet in both of them is like you can hear something like that's like got this like massive production and it's sick, but then like if you hear the same song completely stripped back and it still sounds as yeah. amazing for completely different reasons. I think you've nailed it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, because you kind of have that core of really good songwriting before yeah. you can add all this stuff on software because mm. it, could, it could be the best production in the world but if it's a shit song, yeah. it's not, nobody's going to like it. Yeah. That's why That's why I get really annoyed with like all these kind of really massive chart hits that are like, you listen to the lyrics or like the, the chords or whatever and you just go, so bad. Like, yeah. I don't understand how that's, how people are finding that like popular like i guess like yeah they can be earworms and stuff or like people go oh just dance this club one of those is like recently was like um that kygo track with selena gomez mm-hmm. and i was just like that's not a good song mm. like especially i because i really like selena gomez and like her stuff that she's done independently yeah. and all that and i mean if she does a feature on stuff i'm just like this is really bad like mm. i just don't i don't yeah it's kind of like that cookie cutter format of just getting a singer in to do a song with you and just like yeah Similarly, his song with Ellie Golden, I felt the exact same about because I love Ellie Golden, mm. and his song is not great. And it's just like, oh, okay, well done. Just you put the, all these elements and stuff together, and it's like it's not great. And then you, I don't know, there's, there's other stuff like, um, but there's like there's other stuff that works perfectly, and and mm-hmm. when they've got features and stuff like, oh yeah, like the the last disclosure album, the the Lord and Weekend tracks on those are just. It's like the production on um, magnets and yeah, and uh, nocturnal. Yeah, I just like oh, the the breakdown of nocturnal just still blows my mind every time <laughs> I hear it. It's like it's so simple, but it's so good. Yeah, it's like that's how you do that kind of music, not this shit EDM stuff. So anyway, mm. Not that I can talk because I'm not a producer. So yeah, but like, you have yeah. your opinions. Yeah, I've got my opinions, and I've heard plenty of that stuff. And it's like you know, you go, why why bother? making something that sounds like everything else when you can just do something really interesting like mm. that disclosure album is just insane like and and there's so much like that that's getting overlooked because it's just like a little bit different yeah and, like but you know hopefully <laughs> um and then the kind of the final question i ask is um it was it it's again it's the question i don't know if i could get people to answer properly because it's mm. like it's one i've always asked and people kind of some people come out with the answer straight away and some people can't 
give me an answer. So originally it was what's your favorite album of all time, but people can't mm, always go no. no, no, it's too difficult a question. So I, I kind of say now what what album either had the most impact on your life or had like the most influence on your music. I kind of like I'll say I feel like this is a really like shit answer. <laughs> but um I I'll go with Lord Pure Heroin yeah, just because I think I think hearing that like when she released that was like at a turning point in my music mm. and like that that's the thing like none of the I could I could listen to the the whole album just on loop and I and I did all the time. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a flawless album. Cuz for for ages I didn't know what song was what title yeah so I just listen to yeah. it without like knowing yeah 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 what was what because yeah it's like it's such a flawless album you don't you, don't, you never you, know, you don't ever skip to a track and go oh we're prepared yeah, this one over that yeah, one because the... they're all good like uh yeah and you'd have i remember that album i have phases of which one was my favorite song so yeah. like it would be yeah and like plus cut season yeah. yeah like stuff like that it's like yeah it's like it's such a good album there's like then in the new one's really good but it's like she's obviously tried to explore like different things so you kind of there's the more upbeat ones and there's more downbeat ones yeah. and they're all good each other the only bit i don't like i i said it on the rebecca hearns podcast mm. was uh the end of um the loveless the that kind of bit where she repeats at the end yeah yeah so like there's that song where she splits it into two and it's like there's the second oh bit. right but right, like right. Like that ending where it just carries on, and it's like, mm. oh, you, you could have ended it way earlier than that. Yeah, like, it's, just... I, it's just like that, but that is literally the only point in that album that I think is, is good to yeah, skip. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, to, to make a flawless up. And yeah, Pure Heroin, that album came out at a really kind of horrible time in my life, which is really nice. I'm not going to talk about uh, <laughs> but it's yeah, it was like it had such an impact on me, and that and it's kind of it's hard to kind of look at an album and go oh that's a classic when it's like mm. so recent yeah but that is a classic album it is for sure like the fact they didn't win a million grammys is like so mm. so crap like i don't know it's like i don't know don't really care about the grammys really but like mm. <clears throat> that that as a debut album is like next like and that and like it makes me think of albums like debut albums that are really good that had a massive influence in my life like so that and like the xx's first album and block yeah. party's first album and like those kind of like <clears throat> almost naive albums mm. they kind of spilling your guts like your entire music like your entire life ends up on a record because it's your first record yeah and i think that's just like yeah that album and it's not a shit answer it's a yeah. wick- it's a wicked album and i like yeah fair enough like that's and that that definitely not that it shows in your music but it's like it's it's kind of a guarantee when you're into that kind of music that that's kind of yeah it, yeah for sure i think with your music it's a lot more um because i think that album's very simple yeah um whereas i think your music is a lot is way way more textured which mm. is great it's kind of one you can listen to a couple of times and hear different elements of mm. and i think that's really cool and i love some of the 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 samples on it like i, I was listening to it on the way here and i was like one of the on the samples like, i know i heard that sample in something else like, <laughs> i really it. i was trying to work it out and i couldn't like because when you're listening to a song you can't like listen to yeah. another song in your head because it's like completely distracting yeah impossible. i will work out at some point and be like hey is this it and it's, it's, it's like, definitely a song. yeah yeah but yeah cool thanks for that and i think you're gonna play a song on acoustic guitar which is i guess is a rare thing for you is it rare um recent well recently it hasn't been but hmm. um because I've recently played a few so far shows. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And um, and it, it was really cool for me to to strip all these back. Yeah. To 
and and play them how I so, used to play. So you wrote them originally on acoustic guitar. No, that's the thing. I didn't at all. Wow. Okay. So that's even weirder. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like or, or um <laughs> all the all these songs I've I I start it might start from a couple of chords, but I soon add the drums in and, mm. and start adding everything else. Um. Yeah. So none of these. So I had a few versions of acoustic versions as well. I was gonna play because it was like. Oh, when I was playing the acoustic sets, I was like, I didn't know whether I wanted to play the piano version or play like this really like moody reverb electric guitar version or like a strummy acoustic yeah. guitar version. But it's been cool to pl- play around with strip versions of it. Yeah, and and like you said, like if you can strip a song back to its its very element, then mm. and it still worked, then great, fantastic. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure if you worked out that they didn't work like that then you wouldn't play them like yeah that. that's true i reckon yeah it's got a yeah hearing acoustic versions of songs like yeah i don't know i don't know it's hard to describe that kind of uh, that feeling of hearing a massively produced song and then hearing mm. it stripped down or the other way around it's like i really like hearing the demo of a song and then hearing yeah, it much it, yeah. much bigger later on like and kind of it's all about then the songwriting rather than the production element which i think mm. people can get lost in again like like i said about you know, shit EDM producers that just start with a massive beat and then you go, well, if you just, if you kind of layer it down and, but then you guys know, it's like, yeah, if you ever listen to a podcast called Song Exploder. Lord Sober. Yeah. One of yeah. She, yeah. So she did one like quite recently, but there was, um, so one of the like, uh, electronic, I fucking, I hate yeah. that like blanket tip, <laughs> but, um, uh, producer slash like performance I mentioned it is Grimes, like, yeah, yeah. and her Song Exploder is amazing. Okay. I'll have to listen to like, that because it's this really amazing track that came out on that album that's called Kill vs. Mame. And um, and it's like, when I first heard that, I was like, oh my God, this is everything I like about music in one song. It's crazy. And because um, it's like pop, industrial rock, like, mm. and like really cheesy, like chorus, but like great and then really aggressive as well. Mm. And then she just like, in this song exploded, she breaks it down and she like talks about how she side chains uh crowd noise to a kick drum right do you, you know what side chaining is? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and like sorry i don't know <laughs> um but like and then you hear it and then they take the elements of the tracks and you hear each track Sleeping, yeah. you can hear it and you're like oh my god that's so, that's cool. so cool yeah and like how um she's saying she literally before she wrote the last album she didn't know how to play guitar and yeah. just like hammer on the guitar and that's how uh. like she wrote that song and i was like okay that's cool like to and that to all be self-produced and stuff and like it be such a step up from her last album which is like oh my god that yeah and i love that that's my that was my i think that's my favorite album that came out that mm. year but um but yeah that's uh yeah definitely that song exploded i think it's really cool listening to those those things because it's like man that's uh, and there's not enough songs on there that i want to kind of do yeah that. that's the thing because i'd only someone had shared um lord's one yeah so I listened to that one and then kind of went through the list, but well, there wasn't that many. There's actually um, another podcast that Lord did, which is she did the entire album, but not quite as in depth as the song oh, okay. one, but still like she talked about each song and like how she wrote the album, which is like, I haven't even got through all of them yet, but yeah, definitely check that out. I think okay, it's, yeah. Like, but it's called Behind the Melodrama. Okay. It's like produced, it, they produced it in New Zealand and stuff and it's kind of, yeah, that's really good. So if you like that, yeah. definitely listen to that. That's a good recommendation. So yeah, let's, uh, let's record a song, I guess. And thanks for inviting me. I, I haven't actually said where we are in your bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> quite, uh, quite personal, but um, yeah, I think, yeah. And it's like really, I walked in and I went, oh, I really like your room. Yeah, I'm getting serious room envy. LED lights <laughs> and, like, and gorgeous kind of, oh, it just makes me think, oh, I thought 
I just hate my flat. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's just like, I just be noticing really. It's kind of like, oh, I need to do something with it. To, so I feel like. Jazz like, it up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just like really boring. Anyway, right. Nobody cares about that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> right. So here's In the Dark by Hunter. Doing that to you and recording the song with me. 
uh, yeah, like I said, I really enjoyed that talk about, you know, how someone can evolve through music like that. And we, yeah, we discussed quite a lot of things. You know, I like talking about pop music more than uh, most other people who want to talk about pop music with me. So doing that with Jamie was really fun. And yeah, kind of going over how kind of different music influences him and how those kinds of things, how the difficulties and the, the challenges you can get from working with that kind of music. Hunter's EP is out now on all good digital retailers, uh, including Spotify, so you can have a listen. And also, you know, coincidentally, uh, he just released his debut music video for Ghost, uh, which you can check out. It's quite interesting how he described uh, how he was so interested in music videos from a young age. And he actually shot and edited and kind of made that music video in the very bedroom when we recorded uh, that podcast in so that's really cool I kind of had some idea that it must have been doing that but you can kind of I don't know it's, it's kind of a testament to uh, how clear he had a vision of what he wanted to do with that song and I really enjoy the video because it's great in its simplicity and it's great in its kind of the way it's pulled off so I, I would highly recommend you check that out as well as checking out um, his EP. You'll also be able to see Hunter at uh, a Forte event, uh, one of those kind of things that I get involved in every so often. You know, it's not like half my life at the moment or anything. <laughs> That'll be uh, on February 28th, so the very last day of February. Uh, and it's also, I haven't, you know, it's not a public thing yet. I don't know, it might be by Wednesday, but we'll see. So check that out. That'll be in Porters. That'll be free on Wednesday the 28th. So you should check out Hunter live there. I'm sure he's doing uh, a lot more as the year progresses. Next week's guest is Anaya Savage, uh, and we had a really good chat in my flat uh, on my birthday, as a matter of fact, because why ever have a rest? I don't know, it was kind of one of those things where uh, my birthday was midweek, and instead of, you know, sitting on my own in my flat and kind of contemplating turning 26, I decided just to have an interview with someone I think is a fantastic musician, uh, which, you know, which is what most of these things are, all fantastic people. So that was a really cool uh, long chat we had, and I'm looking forward to editing that and hearing it back. I've just finished editing the the kind of um, session we recorded, and it's just, just I, uh, with everyone's music when when I do these I'm just so utterly blown away by how lucky I get to be when I work with uh, musicians and it's I felt like that over this kind of past week past couple of weeks and then even you know more so than that past couple of years the fact that I get to kind of do this job and it is a job and I earn money from it and it's how I earn my living but I get to work with like really fantastic people and fantastic like creative people uh and yeah and there's no exception to that and yeah it's great if you really want to check that out anything about her out i would recommend going to watch her earthquakes video um which she just did a she just finished a tour of kind of supporting that that video which is a, a kind of amazing concept we, we talked about during the podcast so definitely have a watch and a listen to that because that song has just destroyed my heart on so many occasions over the past couple of months and I really want you to listen to it. Um, so no, no pressure for next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.